This is Gavin Richards. Cambridge 105 Radio. Now, the reason we're doing that is that NASA's James Webb Space Telescope may have discovered tentative evidence of a sign of life on a faraway planet. It may have detected a molecule called dimethyl sulfide. And on Earth, at least, this is only produced by life. And they've also detected methane and CO2 in the planet's atmosphere. So detection of these gases could mean that the planet's named K218b. Love that as a name for a planet. Hi, I'm from Earth. I'm, I'm from K218b. Anyway, that, uh, that planet that they've discovered apparently could have a water ocean uh, as a result. And Professor Niku Madhusudan of the University of Cambridge, who led the research, told the BBC News site on, in this article that appeared online that his entire team were shocked when they saw the results. And it's a great pleasure to welcome Professor Madhusudan to the show this morning to uh, talk a little bit more about this absolutely mind-blowing discovery. Good morning, Professor. Hello. Hi. Uh, glad to be here, Trey. Uh, thank you very much indeed. So did the, the national press were quite understandably presenting this as a really startling, exciting development last week, weren't they? How, how excited are you? Uh, very excited. Uh, this is uh, the uh, the arguably one of the biggest uh, results in exoplanet science that has happened in the past uh, decade or so. So, so we're very, very excited, and it's an important uh, finding that we have here. And can you just sort of summarise what you are currently suggesting is possible in terms of this finding in the, the, the current hypothesis as it stands? Yeah, so the main finding is that the, it's, it's the biggest technological achievement that has happened here is that for the first time, we are detecting uh, robustly carbon-based molecules, methane and carbon dioxide, in the atmosphere of a planet in the habitable zone around its host star, which means this planet receives very similar uh, amount of total radiation from its star as the Earth. Uh, the planet is uh, bigger than the Earth, two and a half times bigger, about nine times um, larger in mass. Um, so it is, it, is, it is significantly bigger than the Earth, but is still in the habitable zone. And we had predicted that this sort of a planet could have a hydrogen-rich atmosphere uh, and an ocean surface uh, on it. And our present discoveries, the, these uh, molecules that we are seeing very strongly, methane and carbon dioxide, and the non-detections of other important molecules like ammonia and carbon monoxide, for example, that combination is also telling us that the only way to explain them is if you had a water ocean underneath a hydrogen-rich atmosphere, uh, as has been predicted before for this planet. So it, it is, uh, seems like it, it is like uh, a Haitian world, a planet with ocean-covered surfaces under and a hydrogen-rich atmosphere. Now, the planet is, is 120 light-years away, isn't it? Yeah. Which is a, a staggering yes. 1.1 million billion kilometres. How can you detect a molecule over that sort of distance? That, that's really mind-blowing to me. Well, this is, uh, this is a spectroscopy, atmospheric spectroscopy that we do. I mean, stellar spectroscopy has been done for a long time now, and these uh, stars are... At, uh, there are stars at much larger distances for which we can get, measure very good stellar spectra. In this case, what's happening is that you're observing the star as the planet is moving in front of it. That is called a transiting uh, transit event. 
Uh, and what you're seeing is the changes in the starlight as the planet is going in front of it. What's actually happening is some of that starlight that is reaching us, the observer or the telescope, uh, comes when d during transit, some of that starlight comes through the atmosphere of the planet before reaching the obs uh, observer. And in that atmosphere, some of that starlight is being uh, absorbed. So if you take a differential measurement when the planet is in transit and when it's out of transit, you can actually uh, work out how much of the starlight is being absorbed in the atmosphere. And that is a function of what sort of molecules are in the planet's atmosphere that uh, that are uh, absorbing uh, the starlight. So, so uh, as, as a summary, with that sort of absorption spectrum, in other words, absorption of starlight as a function of wavelength during transit, we can work out what are the molecules that are in the planet's atmosphere that is causing that absorption. The overriding thing is, is a tried and tested bit of science, it sounds, but presumably what you're doing is now at the cutting edge of science. Absolutely. The, the transit spectroscopy as a principle has been around for about 20 years now. So it's been tried and tested on large, hot uh, Jupiter-sized uh, planets. These are called hot Jupiters, and we have been doing that for uh, well over a decade, almost uh, two decades now. Uh, so it's been tried for large planets with various telescopes, with the Hubble Space Telescope and ground-based telescopes. But the signals are so small that if you want to do it for a habitable zone planet, uh, that that has been impossible before. Um, at least for carbon-bearing molecules, it's been very hard uh, to detect those molecules before. In fact, that is what is known in the field as a missing methane problem, in the sense that we were trying to detect methane in cold, uh, temperate planets for a long time, for more than a decade, and weren't able to find it. Now, with the James Webb Space Telescope, the sensitivity is so much better, and the wavelength range is so much better, uh, because of its, um, you know, all, all the instruments it's got on board, that finally we are being able to detect these very small signatures of carbon-bearing molecules in a habitable zone planet. So, technologically, that's a huge breakthrough for the field, and that's what we are most excited about, actually. Now, I think in the the news article, you've tried to manage expectations a little bit, haven't you? And uh, said there'll be another year of investigations and data gathering uh, in order to really test the hypothesis. And so what what are some of the things that you'll be doing then in the next year? Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the uh, principle there is that this is the first year of JWST's operations. The instruments are new, our uh, techniques, we have been operating on such data for the first time. So we all ought to be a bit careful and the inferences we are making are truly groundbreaking in a scientific sense is that you know if if what we are finding is true this would be the first inference of an ocean on another planet outside the solar system right so that that will be yeah. huge and that is huge and we want to make sure that we get more observations and test it robustly the the molecules that we are detecting and how much of these molecules that we are detecting before saying it for sure I mean, we are very confident already for methane and uh, carbon dioxide detections, but we want to be even more sure. As, as scientists, we have that responsibility to be absolutely robust in what we say. So, so over the next year, uh, we are going to get more observations of the same planet with James Webb Space Telescope, both at other wavelengths. So we have our ongoing program has another transit observation at longer wavelengths. So we will stay, see methane again and we can see other molecules. And then there is also another team which will do the same at similar wavelengths to what we have already looked at. So between all these observations, we'll get a pretty good sense of uh, of what we are trying to infer here. 
And you've sort of touched on my last question, really, from what you were just saying then. But I was going to ask what the if the hypothesis is correct, what are the potential implications? I mean, how big is this in terms of our sort of uh, discoveries in space? Um, well, I mean, it, I, I must say that if we can confirm the presence of an ocean, uh, I mean, we are pretty sure, but if we can confirm it robustly, the presence of an ocean, and if we can co- confirm that if it is habitable, uh, then that is about the biggest uh, result you will see in exoplanet science um, uh, within the last decade or two. And for science in general, it's going to be huge because for the first time, this is the closest we have ever come to saying that we have found another planet and a potential ocean on it that is could be habitable. Now, that, that is huge. So we have never, as, as a species, as a civilization, we have never come this close uh, to uh, planetary habitability outside the solar system. So this is incredibly exciting. This is a, a sort of watch this space moment, literally, I suppose. <laughs> and uh, we'll be following this story with great interest and hopefully talking to you again in the future. But, uh, Professor, thank you so much for taking time out of a very busy year for you this morning in order to tell us more. Yeah, thanks a lot. Great to be here. And yes, uh, we'll all look forward to what's coming over the next year. Thank you. Best of luck with the research. It's very exciting. Thank you. Thank you. Gavin Richards. Across our university city and South Cambridgeshire. Cambridge.